Hello and welcome to the Royal Blue Podcast, where we like to discuss all things championship football and, of course, our beloved Birmingham City. We've got the second game week under our belts in the championship after a full complement of fixtures yesterday, and things are heating up. Late turnarounds, hammerings, plenty of goals. We're going to be looking at the weekend's results, and believe me, there is a lot to discuss. We'll then, of course, be discussing Blue's stalemate against Stoke City, looking at some transfer news, analysing the stadium debacle and previewing the Bournemouth and Luton games. But before we continue, I must introduce your hosts. My name is Alex and I'm joined by my always effervescent co-host, Joe. Joe, how are you and have you come back down to earth after yesterday's draw? <laughs> I certainly have. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm glad that I've just passed a uh, NHS COVID-19 test. That's good. And um, I'm excited to get on with the show. Yeah, well, coming up first then is our championship roundup. On with the show. On with the show then. It's time for our championship roundup. And I want to start with the headline stat. And this is, this is what the championship is like. No team after game week two has a 100% win record. No one. Out of 24 teams. We've only played, they've only played two games each. How mad Best is that? Best league in the world. Best league in the world, mate. Best league in the world, absolutely. Let's get right into it then. Let's start with Derby. Derby were on course for a handy three points against recently promoted Peter United, but two goals in stoppage time saw the Rams confined to a painful defeat. Um, so really, just quickly, Joe, what did you make of this one? Do you think the manner of the defeat will really be an extra an extra hurdle for Rooney and his men to overcome? Uh, yes, it will. I mean, for any team losing the way that they did, because, I mean, they weren't particularly in control of the game uh, throughout. Like, even once they took the lead, they weren't particularly uh, stable in it. So when they got to 90 minutes, you think, I mean, they were, I, I'm not 100% sure why there was so much added time. I didn't, uh, I, I will, I'll have to look into that. Um, but to lose that in that fashion, especially, yeah. you know, to a Peterborough side who aren't, I don't want to be rude to Peterborough, but I've mm. got them, I've got them down as finishing, finishing bottom. So, well, I've got them 23rd. So we, we both think so they're going to have we, a tough season. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think, I, I think that they, they, this this just proves that what we were saying last last year, and actually I've been talking to a couple of uh, a couple of my friends who support other Champo teams, and uh, I said to them, if Wayne Rooney keeps them up, uh, keeps up Derby, then it's then he deserves to win the EFL Manager of the Year, regardless of how anyone else performs. Yeah. Uh, you mean, and, this, you mean and, this season? I mean this season. I mean yeah, this yeah, season. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, and I don't think none of them could disagree with me. And I, I think you know, unless like you know, some some like unless Coventry win the league, uh, I think that Derby certainly certainly would deserve Ray Rooney mm. to get the uh, yeah. But this see what this does because you you can look at the stats all you want and everything, but it just proves that that for Peterborough, this game was about getting a result. There, this is a team that they're going to be in and around all season, and they and they we can focus on Derby all that we want, but. Let's have a look at Peterborough for a second and say this could really be the kind of result that gets them thinking. Oh, this this will get them believing. This will be the kind of result that gets them going. Oh, why can't we? Why can't we play like that? You know, for a full ninety every week. This this is what we've got to live up to. 
Yeah. And, uh, and this could be the kind of result that sees them go on a little bit of an early run, mm. could see them kind of steer clear of that relegation zone, certainly for the first half of the season. Yeah, yeah. I, I completely agree. I think it's it's one of those where you have to pick up points from those teams that you think are going to be around you. And and and, and just putting the manner of the defeat to one side, it's it's going to be a, a real painful one for the Rams to take. And, and, yeah. and perhaps um, one of those where you look back and think, that's a fixture we should have got something out of. Um, very, very difficult. Looking just at the other side of the table and the other end, uh, Fulham absolutely flying yesterday. They battered Huddersfield 5-1. Even with Harry Wilson being sent off in the 72nd minute, they went on to score two more after that. They look scary, don't they? They certainly do. I've actually got a good friend of mine who is a Fulham fan. Um uh, I'm sure he'll be listening to this podcast as well. Certainly this episode after a performance like that. I mean, it was against a, a quite a poor Huddersfield team. Let's, let's not overlook that. But I mean, they were completely dominant. They, they were confident on the ball. They uh, playing at they, they, every aspect of their game just seemed to work. Uh, and even after Harry Wilson went off, you wouldn't have even noticed. Uh, you know, everyone else in that Fulham midfield stepped up to the plate uh, and, and covered for their for their missing. I was, I'm going to say star. I think he's the star of that side, um, signed from Liverpool this summer, uh, and he certainly got the most proven quality. Maybe that's so. a hot take. I think you so. know, well, there's a 15 million pound signing as yeah, well. You, think, you know, he's you know, certainly probably... going to be for any championship side is going to be a, a, one of the main men, isn't he? You're yeah, absolutely right. It was it was definitely. it was a scary scary result, and in that all black away kit as well, they look very menacing. I think very, it's very intimidating. <laughs> also think, on the other side of it, Huddersfield, we both have put quite low down in our table predictions, yeah. I think. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. another one, isn't it? Well, already you start to think about the goal difference a little bit. These are ones where you, yeah. you start to worry about little things like that, um, considering they were the home side as well. Um, have they scored a goal? Are there any positives for Huddersfield? <laughs> um, the fans are back in their stadium, but I don't know how much they'd want to be back in the stadium with a game like this. Um, I mean, Pearson got a goal. There's a positive for you. Uh, and at, they, it, I don't think this was a game where they played badly. I think this was a game where Fulham played well. I, I don't think this will be a measure, as with many, many teams this season, playing against Fulham, I don't think this will be a measure of their success. Um, of course, Blues have to play Fulham in the Cup now. Uh, I think that's at St Andrews as well. Or whatever it's called, the trillion. I think we're talking about. That's it. correct. That's correct. Yeah. So it's an, an additional game uh, where so we have to deal with uh, problems at the stadium, but we'll get into that later. We will. Um, but I think I think I don't think Huddersfield should be too disheartened. I think there'll be plenty of teams shipping four or five against Fulham this season. Um, but I do think Huddersfield should be worried in general, uh, as we said last, uh, as we said on the show last week, that I, I, we both put them quite low. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think you're absolutely right. It's one of those where if you can get a point off Fulham, that's a big bonus. But you're not you're not going into those games really expecting too much. You you want to make the game tight and see if you can nick something. But it was anything but five <laughs> one battering there. Um, moving on then to another promotion hopeful, West Brom. They survived a late scare. They were up three uh, nil with just over twenty minutes to go. But the match ended three two as Luton pushed them all the way. I think West Brom have had a, you know, they got the, they got a good point at Bournemouth. They were probably thinking the Luton game would be a little bit more comfortable, but it, it was anything but in the end, uh, Joe. What, what did you make of that one? Well, it started comfortable, didn't it? Um, made us look kind of foolish when we said Luton Town were going to be up there, but but it turns out we were we were vindicated towards the end. The, 
for some reason, Luton didn't seem to start playing until West Brom went 3 0 up. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of, uh, of Peli Ruddock Mapanzu, who got that very late uh, consolation goal in the end, but certainly would have given them hope that they could maybe scratch another opportunity. This is another one, you know, it's the eighth minute of added time when they got that goal. Um, so no, no other league in the world will have, uh, will have that, that much added time in more than one game per game week, you know? Yeah, I think... Uh, with... Sorry, Joe. No, it's fine. I was, I was going to say, it started, so it started off with a, with an, an unfortunate own goal mm, mm. from uh, from Naismith. And then Callum Robinson doubled the lead uh, midway through the first half. And West Brom seemed to be cruising. And and that's maybe something that could happen. And we've seen happen before with teams that have been relegated. They get a bit complacent. You know, they think we're controlling the game and suddenly, you know, kind of get hit like a train out of nowhere. And Luton Town uh, certainly made a game of it. Uh, and I think I think three two at the end was probably about a fair result. Certainly, when you, I, I love I love a stat, mm. um, and when you look at the stats, three two certainly seems about right. Right, right, interesting. Well, it's it's I think Luton another interesting team to keep an eye on, and, and they are obviously playing Blues very soon. So we'll be talking about yes, them yeah, again later are. in the show. I need to try I need to try and get myself to that game. To be honest, that's next Saturday, isn't it? I think so. Uh, yeah, we've got the midweeker against Bournemouth, uh, and then Lut- away at Luton on the Saturday. That's correct. But we'll we'll discuss those matches in a little bit more. Another depth later another key thing just from that game is Sam Johnston starting, which maybe hints mm. at, at his uh, at him staying at West Brom certainly until at least January. That is massive, I think, for them. Sam Johnston, uh, fantastic goalkeeper. They'll do very yeah. very well to hold on to him uh, past this transfer window. You're absolutely right. A big big boost uh, for the baggies. Moving on then, QPR, very, very impressive in a 3-0 away win at Hull. And this is a Hull side that went to Preston and scored four goals uh, last week. So, you know, they, they might be newly promoted, but they certainly <laughs> uh, they certainly uh, started the season very, very well. QPR were one of the form teams in the Championship in the second half of last season. Uh, they picked up 44 out of 68 points that were available. So part of the reason I put them in my top six uh, for the for the this season's predictions, um, I think they're, they're they're starting to look good. QPR it might only be game week two, but uh, but it's it's a fantastic result. Well, you have got to start the me start the way you mean to go on, isn't it? And uh, I, I I do agree that they they looked brilliant against the whole side that that would have had high expectations after beating Preston Preston North End. Uh, I <laughs> I do actually have a friend who supports Preston North End as well, who I, who I play football with. I don't know what he's doing down in London. But um, he's uh, he's I'm, I'm I'm fairly close with him. I was talking to him yesterday, and uh, he was just talking about how inconsistent they are, Preston, um, uh, that is, um, which maybe hints at Hull City getting a bit lucky catching him on an off day start of the season. But Hull, it was the complete antonym to their performance last week, um, and Hull City are they are a good team. They are a good team, but they were just they were played off the park by QPR. Um, some good, some good, well worked goals, mm-hmm. and uh, of course, you know another one where there's a red card. That yeah. Probably, you know, at two 0 when you're two 0 down, you get a red card. That's kind of insult to injury. You can't yeah, get, yeah. Not not that you should give up, but it's it, in your mind. It's, you know, at it's every big, level of the game, it's, it's yeah, it's it's a big mountain to climb. Then, isn't it? it when you is. you got to get yourself back in the game, and you're 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 a man down. Yeah, definitely. Uh, well, yes, speaking of uh, Preston, that's now two losses on uh, the spin after they lost 2-1 to Reading 
we'll quickly touch on on that one. Um, what it's a difficult one. Preston they had a lot of momentum last season, and then they had a managerial change, and and they seemed to fall away. There were rumours last season that they were going to get dragged into a relegation battle. Uh, what did you what do you make of Preston at the moment? They've got some good players there, but they they just seem to be struggling at the start of the season. It just it's not it's not molding for them, is it at the moment? Is it hasn't they haven't found what works with the group of players that they have and they have and as you said rightly so they've got some really good players I think I think they've got uh some some standout players that could play you know higher up quite quite they could they could be playing for you know for your QPRs for your uh for your West Bromwich Albions for the teams that are pushing for promotion yeah well, absolutely I mean you look at some of the players on their books there's Scott Sinclair there's there's Seth Scott Vandenberg Scott. who's very highly rated on, on yeah. Liverpool yeah, Seth Vandenberg, midfielder. Seth Vandenberg actually he actually played a wing back um, oh, that's interesting which you know he's he, he is a centre back he's brought to Liverpool as a centre back yeah and he's 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 not the most mobile of players mm. um but they put him at wing back I don't know if that's maybe out of necessity mm. um but also in the middle they've got Alan Brown who who for me is you know, well, he's a little engine in the middle of the park, and yeah. but he 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 is a brilliant player, and I think you put him you put him in the blue in a blues side. Mm. Uh, I think I I think he starts, you know, I think he starts seven games out of ten. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely right. I mean, I'm just looking at their squad list now. We've got uh, Daniel Johnson as well. I like in midfield. He's he's got lots of energy. He scored the, he scored the penalty for them this weekend. Yeah, uh, Liam Lindsay. They've got Sean Maguire. They've got a lot of good players. Preston, like the players that really for for the the championship, they should be solid and 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 have that as a foundation to really push on and go for a playoff place. But the, the season just has not started. Uh, the way that they would have wanted it, hasn't, it to. It hasn't. And as as my friend rightly says, this their consistency throughout the season. You know, they'll they'll lose ten games and then they'll win, then they'll win ten, and then suddenly they'll go back to losing the next <laughs> <Yeah>. seven. And <laughs> it's uh, it, it is it's certainly one of those mm. teams that you just can't you, you don't know who's turning up until yeah. after the game, mm-hmm. uh, really. Mm-hmm. Which is uh, I can't imagine is all too good for the nerves of. Uh, supporters and supporters. <laughs> Moving on then, uh, Barnsley survived a late scare as Coventry missed a penalty in injury time that would have seen them take a point. Uh, it was a fantastic save from Brad Collins um, that that meant that Barnsley kept hold of all three points. But it's been it's been an interesting start from Barnsley, hasn't it? I mean, that's being being held almost by Coventry, coming so close to to, to the three points slipping away. Is this the same side that we saw last season, or are they still reeling from the managerial change? What what do we think is going on with with Barnsley? I think they're still finding their identity as a team. Um, when you lose, because they they were so good last year, they were. Uh, I think uh, they took a lot of people by surprise. I mean, you can look into the analytics now and look back and think, well, no, we shouldn't have been surprised that it happened. Uh, there's actually a really there's, there's a couple of really good videos uh, on YouTube that I highly recommend by by people like the Athletic, um, where they where they just analysed the way they played football. And I don't know if anyone's seen the film Moneyball, uh, Brad Pitt, Jonah Hill, but uh, Billy Bonds, who was the main character in Moneyball, who, which is based off the film was obviously based off the real real life Atlantic A's. They were they they he actually owned a stake in the club. He still does. Um, so don't be surprised if this is a down year for Barnsley, who then redo what they've done last year next year. I think that that is certainly. I think that's the way it's going to go. The way they've started is 
underwhelming for from from outside but when you look at, at what's happened when you look at you know they, they have got a new manager so they're going to be playing different football um yeah i mean yeah. yesterday they picked up a whole bunch of yellow cards and um, mm. i think it was it was seven for the uh starting 11 8 in total mm. yellow cards which is a lot yeah um so a lot of fouls uh being given away of course they gave away a penalty right towards the very end um and I was underwhelmed by Coventry, who started so well yeah. last week. I mean, mm. I've got Coventry, as we'll get on at the end of the show, I've got Coventry going down this year. Mm. Um, and when I saw their performance last weekend, I did start to think that that's going to make me sound kind of stupid. However, I, I'm still adamant that they were just playing up to the fans. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's it's an interesting one, isn't it? Um, I think uh, I think they certainly look a side that are capable of, of performing at championship level, but... A point at Barnsley would have been a fantastic uh, yep. platform uh, to, to build from, especially after the, the great start last week. So, yeah, aside to keep an eye on commentary, it really could go one way or, or the other. Um, moving swiftly on, as the time is against us slightly, Middlesbrough claimed a 2-1 win over Bristol City with two new signings, Uche Ikpiazu and Matt Crooks, getting the goals. So Warnock's got his men in and they are doing the business. <laughs> what do I we think? I love Neil Warnock. I love Neil Warnock. <laughs> He, uh, there was actually a video of him not too long ago going around where he, uh, he was handing out photos of himself, signed photos of himself in a in in a in a fanny pack or a bum bag or whatever you whatever your yeah, chosen, yeah. <laughs> and giving it to to, to pre-signed as well, which is just prime Neil Warnock. He's just prepared, uh, you know. He's, he is he's prepared ready for anything. He is prepared, and uh, you've got to love it. Also for Bristol City, Andy King scoring on his debut. Uh, the consolation goal, which at the time was an equalising goal. Um, we will get on to Middlesbrough in a second, but I want to talk about Bristol. They 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 had 62% possession, but they can only fashion two shots on target. Bristol City are in trouble this year. If they play the way mm. they played against Middlesbrough, constant sideway passes. It reminds yeah. me when I used to go to White Hart Lane when I was about seven years old. Tottenham <laughs> uh, Hotspur just passing the ball side to side all the time. No... Forward thinking, nothing yeah. progressive mm. at all. It was boring, <laughs> really, really boring for Bristol City. Mm. And I wouldn't be surprised if the Sky Sports pundit uh, who was following the game was falling asleep in between being gone to. <laughs> uh, it was seriously one of the, just one of them games. I feel sorry for the Bristol fans that made that that hell of a journey. Yeah, was like they had about two minutes to celebrate from Andy King's equaliser to uh, Middlesbrough retook the lead, mm. uh, but. Middlesbrough got the job done. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and that's what Will Neil Warnock teams do, isn't it? They yes, sort of it is. they get over the line. They 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 those fifty fifties. They just shade them all over the pitch, and they they get they get over the line. Um, so just quickly then, uh, Cardiff a two 0 win at Blackpool that keeps them ticking over. Mick McCarthy's men getting a win on the board there. Um, Scott Parker, obviously manager at Bournemouth now, he's got his first win. Uh, a 2-1 win away at Forest. Uh, there was a tense finish as the Cherries had to hold on with 10 men for half an hour, but they, yep. they got over the line there and got the three points. Um, any thoughts on Scott Parker and Bournemouth, Joe? Um, I think they played the way we expected them to play. Uh, my, my thoughts on that game are more so from the losing side. Uh, I think Nottingham Forest, I'm a, I'm a big, uh, big fan actually, of the way Nottingham Forest played football last year and the way that they've they've built themselves. They, they've, mm. they've built themselves over the last few seasons, I think we talked about it last week, of, of just just 
improvement every year. Yeah. Uh, and they, they've always played good football. They've always attracted players to the club and they've always mm-hmm. seemed to hold on to, to players who could move away. You think when Joe Worrell first came through, he was being linked mm-hmm. to, yeah. you know, he's been linked to a bunch of top, top Premier League teams and mm-hmm. they, they kept hold of him. Um, of course, his form did, did, has dropped away a bit, but he's still got time on his side. Um, but I just think oh, it's, a, it's, it's a tough one. I mean, we like, we like Chris Hewton, don't we? We, like we love Chris Hewton. Yeah, we do. He lo- did a fantastic job at, at Blues, and I know he's he's been he did some good work at Spurs as well. So we both, yeah. um, we both Big are very fond of Chris Hewton. Um, I've met Chris Hewton actually. I, uh, oh, I yeah. was working, I was working at a, just, just a little sidetrack at times against us, but I was working at a, at a bar uh, just where I live in in northeast London, and. Uh, it's right around Tottenham area. So he obviously grew up around here. He came in on a Thursday and it was completely, it was so quiet in there. He sat down in a booth with his, with his wife and, um, and I, I went up to him. I was the one serving him and I said to him, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a massive Tottenham fan. I'm a, I followed you. I've, I've followed your career. Uh, I just have to say, I'm a, I'm a big fan of who you are, the way you, the way you sat your team and, and the footballer that you were. And I actually, he invited me to sit down with him um, and he bought me lunch. So I sat down with him, he bought me lunch, and we, nice. we had a conversation. And he was just telling me about his playing philosophy. And I was thinking to myself, wow. oh God, he, he deserves he deserves to be he deserves to be top six manager. And yeah. <laughs> and uh I mean unfortunately he hasn't lived up to it, but I've still got hope that Chris Hewton will be mm, uh, will mm. be fine. And I think the fans of City Crowned are certainly hoping that that it will turn around, but it doesn't look great. No, no, tough start to the season. Uh, then on to our last two games. Uh, Millwall were dominant, but we're left with only a point in a 1-1 draw with Blackburn. Um, that man, Brereton Diaz, bailing Rovers out again. <laughs> our, uh, our, our, our Chilean, uh, Chilean baller in the yeah. championship. Um, it's, it's an interesting one. You know, Millwall with Gary Rowitz there. We know that... Um, <laughs> We know that, that he's very experienced in the league. You know, yes, he has yeah, to set a team up to be difficult to break down. And, that, you know, if you think it, normally a route team, if they go a goal ahead, then then the game, they'll shut it down and, and the three points should be in the bag. But Blackburn kept going, kept plugging away and they, they got themselves back into the game. Um, do, these are two sides that I'm still not fully decided on. Are, are we are we thinking they can push on and really have a look at, at the playoffs or are they more mid-table? What, what, I I still what think, think I still think Blackburn can can turn good. I think they've got they've lost Adam Armstrong to Southampton for a quote unquote undisclosed fee. It's reportedly about twenty million pounds, um, which is a healthy amount of money for them to invest. As we said last week, in a in in another solid defender uh, and maybe another solid creator. I think going forward they're fine. Uh, I really do. A creator would would be good. Just just someone to come in. Um, I can't, I can't stop laughing at uh, 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 Bereton. Uh, I mean, he's 22. He was born in Stoke-on-Trent. What is he doing? Um, I know, <laughs> that, famous, I, I know. that famous city in Chile. <laughs> I don't know. I'd love to see if Stoke-on-Trent is a, is a sister town with, uh, with, with Santiago, Chile or something. I don't know. Uh, who knows? But um, any, anyway, I've got to compose myself here because I, I do think that... The, the, I've got high hopes. I've got Blackburn finishing in the top six. Mm. Um, but yeah, I certainly think they're a team that looks capable of that, but it's, it's such a competitive league. And I, I there's already a, that chasing pack. I've already got a few teams in there. And, and I think Blackburn are just outside of that for me. They've certainly got the, the ingredients. I think you're absolutely right to mention the loss of Adam Armstrong is a, is a big, big loss. 29 goals across all competitions last season for Rovers. 
Um, Can I just say, I think that would be an lost. excellent signing for uh, for Southampton. Mm. I know, I know, this is a Championship podcast, but uh, I mean, him and Shea Adams. Yeah, we've seen what Shea can do. Yeah, uh, and I, I, I really do think that the, the two of them playing up top together will be uh, will be frightening for a lot of Premier League defenses. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. So moving on to our final fixture, Swansea in their nil-nil draw with Sheffield United. Uh, the Blades looking the more likely of the two sides, but it leaves them both only on one point from their two opening games. Two sides you'd expect to do a little bit better. What did you make of that one, Joe? I mean, this game was, was of course, live. Uh, I, did, I, I only managed to catch the second half, unfortunately. But um, what can I say? If the game was on a, a, a two hours later, I would have used it to go to sleep. Let's put it that way. I think uh, it was it was <laughs> very boring. Swansea kept hold of the ball. Uh, the Blades did look more attacking uh, when they got the ball. They did seem to be positive, so certainly some things to take away uh, for the Blades, for the boys from Bramble Lane. But um, I just think that they're a bit toothless up top. You know, they've got Rhea Brewster, who at Swansea was unbelievable in the championship. Big money signing. He's only got one goal for the club in... in in just over a season there, which is really poor output um, for someone who was meant to be, you know, the, the next the next starting striker for England. Uh, you know, the, a lot of Liverpool fans were, were gutted to see him leave. Uh, I don't think they're too gutted now. But I think, you know, we've got, I've got Sheffield United finishing second. I want to change that. Yeah. It's uh, a I, I, I've, see, I put them in my playoffs because I think they might take a little bit of a while to get going. But when they do get going, they'll uh, the amount of quality they've got. You mentioned Brewster; they've got Ollie McBurney there as well. John Fleck. They, they, these are players that have done it. Sander Berg is still there. These are players that are, I don't know how he's still there. I don't know how he's still there. But uh, these are these are players that that well, they know the championship and they also know that uh, the expectation at the club now. You know, they've been there in the Premier League for two seasons. They they are expecting to to go straight back up. So they they should be able to handle that pressure and know how to deal with it um so yeah any any final thoughts on those 11 fixtures we've covered before we move on to uh covering the blues game joe uh no not really for me i think uh i'm just uh i think let's just get straight into the blues game wonderful so we'll be back uh in a few moments uh with your blues roundup Welcome back to the Royal Blue podcast, and we're going to get straight into it. Birmingham City played Stoke yesterday. They hosted them at St Andrews. Um, the unbeaten start to the season continues for the Blues uh, with a nil-nil draw. Uh, both teams came into the game after a positive first week of the season, winning their league openers and making progress in the EFL Cup. Birmingham welcomed fans back to St Andrews for a league match for the first time since last March, but Some numbers fans. remained restricted. <laughs> yeah. The numbers remained restricted with two stands closed for repairs. We'll get into that shortly. Stephen Fletcher forced an early save from goalkeeper Matija Sarkic, but the hosts responded well and created the better chances. Skipper Harley Dean headed just past the post from Mark Roberts' long throw, and Scott Hogan fired inches wide after pouncing on Leo Ostergaard's weak header. Gary Gardner poked the ball into the net late on after Dean flicked on another Roberts' long throw, but the effort was ruled out for offside. Moments after his first half near miss, Hogan was put through on goal by even Sanchez. Uh, so not even Sanchez. I get my evens mixed up. <laughs> even Sunic. <laughs> it's Sunic that put him in. 
Um, but Hogan sliced the shot towards the corner flag. And we'll talk a bit about Hogan shortly as well. Uh, a tight second half failed to live up to an entertaining first period as Blues failed to register an effort on target. Although Gardner was only denied a dramatic late winner by an assistant referee's flag. Stoke had found the net five times in their opening two matches, but also failed to trouble Sarkic after the break as Birmingham chalked up their third straight clean sheet. So that's your match report. Um, is it, is it a mixed bag, I felt, this one? Obviously, there was all the elation last week of getting a great win at Sheffield United. We got over the line against Colchester. Bowie said he wasn't particularly happy with one or two players in that cup game, which can only be a good thing. He has high standards and wants the players to, to show um, that commitment and that energy um, and want to perform, that will to perform. But this one felt like a real mixed bag for me. Um, clearly, um, we can do our stars and stinkers uh, in a moment <laughs> <laughs> for the game. Um, clearly, uh, Sarkic is starting to really grow into the role of yeah, goalkeeper. Um, Gary Gardner, very busy um, getting involved, um, doing his defensive work and also getting forward a lot. We know he's, he's surprisingly good in the air, um, along with the likes of Harley Dean and Lukas Jukovic. Um, so I thought he had a good game. I thought Ryan Woods as well, very tidy in possession. It's the, as we've discussed in the past, it's the sort of midfielder that we've missed. Um, keeping those little triangles uh, all over the pitch, always being an option and keeping possession and keeping us ticking over. Um, but yeah, it, it feels as if the old problem that Blues have had, um, and that's putting the ball in the back of the net, it seems like that's, that's coming back to haunt us a little bit. Um, we seem quite good defensively. I will say the bat four, I thought, were very good throughout. Um, only one or two moments um, of, of real concern. Um, but Sarkic was very good at sweeping up behind the back four. There were a couple of occasions where Stoke tried an early ball uh, behind the Blues back line. But Sarkic was straight out to deal with it, which I thought was, was very reassuring. Um but yeah, one or two problems up top. Um, I think Hogan um, had a couple of great chances. There was the one in particular where he was put through by Sunjic. And uh, as, as we mentioned... Definitely yeah. Sunjic. Definitely from Sunjic. It was definitely yeah. Sunjic. Wasn't definitely Sunjic. Sunjic. I'm getting my Ivans mixed up. That's <laughs> probably going to happen every week. Um, we, but, but, you know, a, a striker, your shot ending up near the corner flag, it, it just screams to me of a striker that is, is devoid of confidence... Um, and, and he certainly is that kind of striker. When he's in a rich vein of form, he'll score every week. But the moment that he falls out of that, that form and, and he has a slight wobble, he, he looks like a shell of, of himself and, and, and certainly doesn't look um, comfortable um, on the foot. But, but, but having said that, against Sheffield United, there was good movement from Hogan. We, we know he missed a good chance in that game as well, but the movement yeah. was there and, and it looks like the, the, the key ingredients are there. What? Let's just talk about Scott Hogan and, and the strike situation just for a moment or two. What what what's your take on it, Joe? My take is 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 exactly that. I think it's, it's it's the confidence, and I think last week that missing that chance and then being subbed off, you know, almost immediately after, not not long after, and he didn't really have have anything else to do after the miss. That will be as as a striker who lives and breathes to score goals. That will have been playing on his mind all week. Uh, you know, every time he's turned up the training, I'm sure. I'm sure there's probably uh, he's been in training. I'm sure he's probably been hitting half volleys in. You know, uh, I'm sure he's been scoring some screamers in training. Yeah. <laughs> but then he's been on the football pitch, and uh, he, he's seen. He's probably just. I think he's nervous. What he needs is, is maybe he just needs a penalty. You know, just, just. I mean, I'm not entirely sure I'd want him taking the penalty with the confidence because. Mm -hmm. But but maybe that's something that he needs just to 
have the ball in the back of the net, have a goal on the on the scoreboard. Because you remember when he was on loan from that team down the road, whoever they are. Um, I don't uh, know who you're talking about. Uh, who, I don't know. Some I don't know. Free agent, I think, something like that. Yeah, yeah, probably. yeah. That's what we'll go with. Um, <laughs> when he was on, when well, okay, when he, when he was with us then. Uh, you know, I remember in the QPR game, and he was everywhere, and he scored yeah. a good goal as mm. well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that was a great, and that was a that was a great day at Loftus Road. That was my first ever Blues away day. Oh yeah. Um, and a flare in my face within five minutes. That was nice. amazing, as you do. <laughs> um, and uh, and and you know, I mean, I remember just singing, singing his name almost start to finish for the whole game, and um, and he just doesn't seem to be the same player. Mm. Um, which is a shame. It's a big shame, but he's. But we know that it's in there, which is the biggest thing for us. We know it's in there, uh, so he, he just needs to build up that confidence. So I think, and it will come. The way we've been playing football, solid at the back, three clean sheets in a row. Yeah, which isn't very Blues like. No, <laughs> um, I don't really know how this has happened. Uh, Lee Bowyer, thank you very much. Mm. So and and against this 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 Stoke tart the Stoke team who create chances they do create chances they mm. they were excellent as you said I think what is it five goals in their opening few games um, That's correct yeah so I mean we done to keep a clean sheet against this Stoke team is impressive I think and uh, I, I I've got high I've I've, conti- I've continued high hopes for Blitz that way That's good That's good It's it's. It is reassuring three clean sheets against some some good sides in there. You know, obviously Sheffield United, um, Colchester. Again, it's about having that consistency at the back. Yes, the team was switched around a lot, but but you know, having that stubborn organisation um, to to keep a clean sheet. And then today, Stoke, as you say, a side that have, that have created a lot so far this season and to to have blunted them. I think is, is very reassuring. The real concern does lie in scoring goals. You look at the, the players that have scored, we've scored two goals so far this season in three games, which, I mean, it's not dreadful, but it's not it's not great either. But both of the goals have come from, from fullbacks. You've got Marcel Oakley and Maxine Connor. It's, they both come from defenders, um, getting into, the, getting into the, the back post, if you like, or or exploiting that space when the play is quickly switched or something along those lines. That's certainly the let's, case. Let's just goals. say quickly, Marcel Oakley... What a what a player! Yeah, what a performance yeah. that was. It, it was. I thought I actually thought he looked out of all of the players, including some of the senior players. He looked the most, the most promising. He's um, he's, he's a right back, isn't he? He he is indeed. Yeah. So I mean, because I know in the last show I was talking about how we need a right back probably to cover for Maxine Collar, mm. but with the consistency that Collan shows, yeah, I think Oakley is there for the job. I think he's up mm. for it. If, yeah. I mean, yes, it was against Col- Colchester. Correct. Yeah. Uh, that would have been embarrassing. Um, <laughs> Uh, and but you know it still takes a lot to to step into a team of because there was a few uh, debut there was a few youngsters a few I think there was a there few were, debuts yeah. in there mm. including himself um, and he he outshone everyone yeah um, I think Truman had a good game as well he was uh, a clean sheet for him mm-hmm. um, which can only do him the world of confidence I don't think yeah. he had all that much to do but mm. um, uh, obviously this is the the first show after that game so. So just quickly touching on it, yeah. um, I think you know through to the second round against Fulham mm. at St Andrews. Mm-hmm. Fulham, of course, played brilliantly this weekend, but it's yeah. it's a few weeks away. You never mm-hmm. know. 
Um, I don't know if it's within three games, so I think it, it could even be the first game that Harry Wilson will be back for after his mm. three-game suspension. Um, yeah, I don't, yeah I, he could I, make an appearance. Yeah, I think, so I think I think that 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 could happen. Um, but you know, I'm not I'm not all too I'm not thinking too much about the Carabao Cup. I won't mm. be all that disappointed if we do get knocked out, especially to a team like Fulham. Yeah, I think you know if we focus on getting a good start in the league, mm. I don't think anyone will care too much if we get knocked out. Yeah, um, well, I think you're you're right to, to mention that uh, Oakley's performance and, and that he could could be quite a good uh, sort of backup for for Collar. Um, the that's what, that's what these fixtures are quite useful for, almost from from. We're we're not a side that's you know looking for for uh, silverware, we're, but you know cut run is always great. But having the opportunity to rotate and look at some of the other players, I think Oakley in Bowie's mind, of course he's he's his own man. I'm not psychic; I can't read his mind. <laughs> um, but I think he would have looked at that and thought, in a, in a night where Bowie, I think, was a bit displeased with some of the players and some of their commitment, I think he would have looked at Oakley and thought, not just getting the goal and and, and obviously the the decisive moment in the match, but but his his approach to the game, full of energy, up and down the the, the wing, uh, and and doing his defensive duties as well, all, all evening. I think he'd have been very impressed with that side of it as well. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw him again, maybe even on the bench at some point. Um, I think so, yeah. In, in a championship time. I do think we will. And um, also, let's quickly mention uh, Bellingham. Job Bellingham, 15 years of age. Yeah. Named on the bench for the senior team. I do maybe think, I mean, we've seen video. I, I have seen videos of him in the, uh, the under-23s and the under-18s. And he has looked amazing, as you would expect. <laughs> I don't know what they put in the water in the Bellingham household, <laughs> but whatever it is, I want my son to have some of that uh, eventually when I, when I have kids. Um, and, you know, I mean, I think he was only on the bench because his name's Bellingham. Mm. If he was performing the way, he's perform- the way he's been performing and his name was anything else, I don't think he would have been on the bench. Right, OK. I don't want to be. I, I, I don't want to be rude about it, <laughs> but because his name is Bellingham, that will. And, but it also puts a lot of pressure on him because if he comes on, and doesn't perform, you know. So uh, you know, it goes both ways. It certainly goes both ways. But um, I, I'm I, I'm excited to see if he makes his senior debut this year. Um, mm. If we'd maybe got another League One or League Two team in the cup, maybe he would have done it then. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so certainly, you know, we've got the FA Cup to come later in the season, mm. maybe then. Yeah. Um, who knows? But yeah, well, uh, yeah I mean, uh, one thing that you know, the likes of Oakley, Bellingham just gone, and Bellingham coming through, uh, we can do a lot worse than turn to our youth academy. Mm. I think, um, and I, th- I think you know, in terms of in terms of youth setups, yeah, we 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 bring through our fair share of talent. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's, it's been a, a real strength for for Blues for a long time now, and and there were, clearly there were rumours a few years ago um, and the fan base were, were very disheartened and despondent that they were restructuring the academy and certain parts of it were going to be uh, closed down. Um, it, it, it turns out that it wasn't quite as dramatic as this report. I think within 24 hours, <laughs> Blues issued a new statement saying that um, to prevent any confusion, it's, you know, it's not going to be as drastic a change as, as initially thought. Um, yeah, we've got players coming through. We've got players that, that can go on. We've, we've already seen it. Players that can go on and, and perform at a very high level. You think of the likes of Nathan Redman, Damari Gray, now at Everton. Yeah. Um, you know, Jack Butland. I know it's not didn't quite work out for him at Stoke, but 
certainly a very, very good goalkeeper on his day. And I'd, I'd, I'd be keen to see how he gets on at Palace. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got we've got the academy that can provide um, backup to these players, and, and Oakley certainly put put the uh, you know has made that first step, shall we say? Yeah, I think yeah. to, towards you know potentially even starting a a championship game for Blues further down the line. I um, think so. I wouldn't be surprised if in a game, say you know we've we've, we've got we've got Derby coming up. Mm. Wouldn't be surprised if maybe uh, maybe Lee Bowyer looks at that as a way to to test some of the more the more promising youngsters like Oakley. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's possible, but um, certainly a, a really encouraging thing I, that I took away from the Colchester game. Um, but just just to bring us back to the Stoke game, just quickly. Um, so looking at the stars and stinkers, which I think we're going to start doing every week. Mm, yes, we will. I love <laughs> only, that name, by the way. Only actually. because of the alliteration. <laughs> um, so for my stars, I put Sarkic. Yeah. Dealing with all this stick that he got in pre-season, I think he's actually had, yeah, there were a couple of wobbly moments in in the Sheffield United game, but I actually thought against Stoke he was solid. Uh, Zero um, errors, I thought. He seemed uh, very good at sweeping behind that bat four. Um, So I thought he's deserving uh, of a position on our stars list. Uh, I put Ryan Woods. I thought, again, he goes about his business. He's quite sort of understated. He's that kind of midfielder that just keeps the ball. provide support in the wide area so there's always an option um to, to keep hold of possession uh again very very good from him i put gardner down again i'm i'm, I'm liking the fact that Bowie seems to have said to, to gary gardner get forward a bit more get into the box and make things happen be get in there and, and attack um and i think having sunyic in there allowed him to do that um even more so in the stoke game i thought that was a, that was a real positive and then i just wrote back four <laughs> stars because yeah, the, back four. the way that the way they're they're so well drilled under under Bowyer and 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 they really sort of cover each other's sort of weaknesses quite well. We know that Pedersen and Collin are both good at going forward, but they they they're good at the defensive side of the game. And and Harley Dean and Mark Roberts they have their they have their moments of madness. But I actually thought in, against State they were mostly pretty comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, my those were my stars. I, I've basically written down half of the team there. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think. Maybe it's a bit harsh, but in stinkers, I, I, I've, of course, I've got Scott Hogan. I think stinker, yeah, yep. uh, and and I think that's probably the standout stinker, certainly from uh, from Blues. We can yep. we could we could spend, you know, we could talk till Kingdom Come about the about the entire championship if we're talking about all twelve games. Yeah, um, yeah. One one star I did want to point out this 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 weekend uh, was Philip Billing. Yeah, yeah. At Bournemouth, yeah. Uh, you know, I know we're in the Blues segment, but. Uh, if we're doing stars and stinkers, I just want to say because <laughs> when they went down to te- he 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 scored again. That's a two goals in in, in two championship games from yeah. uh, from this. I didn't even realize that he's that six foot six. Six. Foot he's seven. a big lad, yeah. Absolutely monstrous, and he's pretty uh, he's pretty mobile as well. Certainly for someone of his of his stature. Yeah. Um, uh, he got the goal, and also after uh, after I think it was David Brooks got sent off, mm. he um. He, he was the man that really marshaled that midfield and and saw out that victory, which, I mean, in the end, it, it maybe even made it look a bit more comfortable than it was, which is a sign of a, of a real top player. So yeah. he's, my, he's my star of the week in the Champo. Yeah, I mean, that, that's that's a great shout. Um, he certainly looks like the, the real deal. I think it looks like Scott Parker is giving him a licence to get forward and get involved more, similar to the Bowyer and Gary Gardner uh, 
sort of dynamic there that, that I touched on earlier. Um, the other stinker I wrote down, and I, and I, I hate to do it because the, this player gets a lot of stick, um, was John Lecco. And I, he came on and actually had one or two touches and looked okay. But there was a, there was a moment where he's put, he made a really well-timed run and he was put in on goal. All he had to do was, was touch the ball, take it around the keeper. But he, he got his touch all wrong. It was, it was just that, that vital moment. You know, it's, it's those decisions, isn't it, in the key moments. It's one thing to make the run. It's one thing to, to, to have beaten your man. But it, it's making that key pass or that key touch just to, to, to find um, the, the real opportunity I to think, create that I chance. Think, yeah, I think, I think the difference between a, between a, a quality player uh, and a player with quality is is the decision making? I think you probably you probably got caught in two minds. Like, am, am I shooting? Am I taking around the keeper? Yeah, caught like a deer in headlights and mm. and fluffed it. Completely yeah, fluffed it. yeah. I, maybe it's a bit harsh to put him in the stinkers, but I just really I hope that he has a great season. We know he had a great season under Bowyer at at Charlton uh, a few seasons ago, and I really hope that he can get that goal somehow and really kick on because there's definitely a player in there somewhere. You can see it. These there were a couple of moments even in the Stoke game where he. He took a very clever touch and it, and it wrong-footed a, a Stoke uh, player and, and, and then he had space to run into. It, it, it's, it's there somewhere and I think we're all desperate to see it as Blues fans. That's where the, the anger comes from, I think, because we know that there is a player in there somewhere and we just want to see it. We want to see him. With, you know, the Blues fans, they don't ask for... We're, not, you know, we're used to, to, to sort of having to, to slog through games and having to fight. We just Blues players just want to see that, really. And then... And then taking those chances when they do arrive because we, we don't we're generally we're a side that don't create a lot the, the stats bear that out so we really need to take those moments when they do arrive um certainly do so that that was it from from me so i don't know if you just want to quickly look forward to the two fixtures that we've got coming up it's it's they're, they're coming thick and fast these games we host bournemouth on wednesday evening and then travel to luton on saturday um obviously bournemouth now have their first win on the board uh, with David Brooks and Philip Billing both looking dangerous, although now Brooks is suspended, so that's something. That is, a scored, that is a big positive. They've scored four goals and they've conceded three. So what do we think about Bournemouth? Is it going to be a similar game to the Sheffield United one? Where we I need think to so. I think, I, think, I think it will be. I think... Uh, I, I'm a big fan of Scott Parker, the way he plays football. Um, mm. I don't think anyone who likes football, I don't think anyone cannot be. Mm. Um because he, he certainly likes to play football. Yeah. Um, I can't say I hold the highest of hopes for this game. Yeah, um, no. I think it's I didn't hold the first that, one. I think, I think so. I mean, I didn't hold high hopes for, for Sheffield, but then you look into their pre-season and, yeah. uh, and things. You know, this is the first game. This is really the first team that we're kind of coming up against. We think, yeah, we, mm. we should be completely outmanned. outmanned yeah, outmanned. yeah. I completely um, agree. So, you know, um, but however, you know, we have... The, the way we've started will only breathe confidence, certainly into the defence. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if we go back to the way we played against Sheffield, that that three at the back, wing yeah. back system. Mm-hmm. One thing that, that Bournemouth don't have as much, um, unless maybe they move Dan Juma over to the right-hand side, is pace to mm. break that line that Sheffield did with Oliver Burke. Mm. Um, right between, I think it, uh, it was Pedersen at the left side of centre-back and and Bella and then That's Castillo it. who came on. Yeah. Um, so they unless they put Dan Juma on that side, but if they do, then Dan Juma will be cutting in onto his weak foot, which 
as we as as I saw in the as we, as we could have seen in the Premier League a few years ago and, and last season, uh, coming onto his weak foot is not what he wants to do. Mm, mm. So that will be good. I'm also just having a look at our fixtures quickly. Fulham mm. is 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 only three fixtures away, so right. I, so uh, I think that means Harry Wilson will be suspended for that game. Okay. Um, they probably don't. They're probably not considering using him anyway. Well, probably, it's a cup game not. at Blues. What are you worrying about? We don't, we can keep. We were going to rest him anyway, so it's fine. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? <laughs> they 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 need him to break up to break down our solid defence. <laughs> but um, believe it or not, I'm actually more worried about the Luton game. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I, anything I, else? What What worries me is that it, it's a bit of an unknown quantity. I think they've they've clearly um, they started really well against Peterborough with a three 0 win, and then they've given West Brom a right scare in that three two loss. But Peterborough and West Brom, we know they're sort of going to be opposite ends of the table, so they're a bit of an unknown quantity for me. Still, Luton, where do they fit into the overall championship picture, and what kind of game can we expect from them? It's a difficult one. It is a difficult one. I I think. A lot of it will depend on how we perform against Bournemouth. Mm. If we go with, if we do go with the way that I think everyone kind of is expecting us to, the way we did against Sheffield, mm. and we perform well again, then I think Lee will stick with it. If yeah. not, then I think Lee will look to turn it around. He'll look to maybe go back to a four at the back. Mm. It all depends on what it, are we, if we're struggling defensively or if we're struggling with goals. It, 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 there's so many variables. Mm. And even though it's only a week away, there's still a game to go before it. So we, yeah. it's almost like you can't even start to think about that game because both teams have got a, a league game before it. Mm. Um, so I, I just, I hope that, I, I want to see us go the same way. I also want to see how bad the injury is to Tahith, Tahith Chong. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's, a, that's a really interesting point, actually, and one that I, I hadn't noted because it, it looked like it was only a slight niggle um, on, on the it. night. Because he didn't even go down the tunnel, did he? He stayed on the bench, and he yeah. uh, he actually was standing up doing some coaching uh, yeah. by the looks of it, which was uh, bizarre. Uh, yeah. I think I think you know, no disrespect to him, but I think Lee's got it under control for now. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But it was it was quite nice to see actually. <laughs> um, I'm just I am just going to have a quick uh, little quick uh, Google search of him, see if there's any news. Yeah, yeah, that's missed. certainly worth looking into because he was certainly the star player against Sheffield United, and and really, you know, with with an opposition like Bournemouth and Luton coming up, any extra quality we can get in there, a player that can can really take the game to them, uh, it w- would be good. It, it, obviously, the Stoke game was quite a quiet game for Duke, I thought, and uh, you know, he's always a weapon. <sighs> How do we how do we score goals in this blue side? How do we break the likes of Bournemouth and Luton down? How do we how do we make those chances happen? I, th- I think we we need to to get up and firing with Duke. We need Bella to be crossing those balls in. We saw on the opening day of the season uh, what uh, what he can do with crossing balls into the box. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a strange combination of games, really. I, it I, is. It really is. And uh, I, I have just had a look on a on a Manchester United fan website. Oh yeah. It looks as though the uh, Chong's most likely return w- should be against Bournemouth on Wednesday. That's really, really. So that is that, that. That's a good. That's a good. I don't know what their sources are on that. Yeah. yeah. Um, it is as a fan website, mm-hmm. but uh, but I think hopefully um, that that's. That's positive news because his performance against Sheffield United was vitally important to the way we play. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think he 
certainly surprised not just the fans, but certainly the Sheffield United players, I think, were caught out by, by Chunks. Yeah, that, definitely. That would be a big boost to get him back. It um, would be. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and make predictions for these two games. Let's go okay. for it. So I think we will... I think we'll lose to Bournemouth, which is, I know, not nice to say, but I think it's we've got to be realistic. Uh, I think that will be a 2-0 loss at home. But I think we will sneak past Luton. I think we will go to Luton and we'll beat them 1-0. Those are my predictions. <laughs> OK, well, I'm not a big fan of you thinking that we're going to lose. Well, I know, um, I, know as, I know. I'm trying to be you, realistic. As, as, you know, as you know from knowing me, you know, for a very long time now, mm. you know I'm a very optimistic person. Yeah. So I am going to go with... A Birmingham draw to Bournemouth. Wow. I think I think a one-all draw. Mm. Uh, and then I think we'll go to Luton and I don't think we'll sneak past and I think we'll play them off the pitch. Wow. Think, uh, I'm gonna go for a, a, a comfortable two-nil with a couple of missed opportunities because that's the thing. Wow. I like your optimism. I like it. It's good, it's refreshing. <laughs> the blues fans are normally so down and downtrodden and and uh, pessimistic because we're used to things being tough. So it's nice to have some optimism injected into things. Well, you know what? Lee's at the wheel, man. You know, Lee's, Lee's, look, Lee's, Lee's Bowyer's there. He's at the wheel. Get the contract out. Let him write down whatever numbers he wants. <laughs> Sign the contract. He's at the wheel, man. It's all good stuff. Positive <laughs> vibes. Anyway, that was our Blues Roundup. We'll be back revisiting our predictions, uh, table predictions from last week. Uh, just to see if we think that we should make any tweaks or not. Um, and then that'll take us through to the end. We'll be back very shortly. So just before we get into uh, the segment where we're going to be reviewing our predictions from last week and how ridiculous they may or may not be, <laughs> we are going to briefly touch uh, on Birmingham City Stadium. Uh, the St Andrews Stadium or whatever the official name is it the Asian Trillion, <laughs> Trillion Trophy Asia Andrews, whatever it's called um, because half of it or a significant portion of it, it remains closed uh, mm. it was meant to be open for the game against Stoke uh, then they put out only a very few a couple of days before it saying that yeah. it wouldn't be ready and I, I think the official statement it said we hope it to be ready for uh, the Derby game, which is in September. Mm. However, it would be unrealistic at this time to uh, to put a date on it, which to me says we're going to have the stadium closed for the rest of the season. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> it, it will, it's going to be a long. It's going to be a lot longer, isn't it? It's, I think so. It's it's well, it's f- frankly ridiculous that the club have had eighteen months where fans haven't been in the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that we can talk about uh, Zhang Dongren and, and his influence at the club. Um, obviously, he was only relieved of his duties uh, was it in May or early June. Um, Dong is out. Um, <laughs> but it, it's ridiculous. They've had 18 months to sort this uh, Well, when fans weren't there. And now they've taken all this, the money for season tickets. They've taken all the money for the Stoke game, which had quite expensive tickets. You know, £40 a ticket for some people and some ridiculous. parts of the ground. And now they've announced it. Now they've, they've uh, you know... They've filled their pockets. I think, I think it's 
it undoes a lot of the good work that was done over the summer. The club had been communicating a lot better. There was a lot more transparency. We had all this communication about when the kits were going to be revealed, when season to There was a lot more communication, which was fantastic. But this really does leave a sour taste. I think having to enter a ballot as a season ticket holder, when you should be able to just go to every home game and well, say, yeah. oh, sorry, you couldn't go to the uh, the Stoke game, but you, well, you're now guaranteed a ticket for the Bournemouth game. And it's just like, well, I didn't want to go to the Bournemouth game. Well, yeah, to and it, I wanted to go to both, you know. But it, and you hear these ridiculous stories. Um, someone was saying on one of the fan pages on Facebook that uh, they've been lucky enough to win the ballot, but none of their friends have, so they're now going to the game on their own. <laughs> it's just not the, <laughs> it's just not the same thing, is it? When it's they've not, had all this time where they want not. to go back to St Andrews and they want to celebrate their team together and get yeah. behind their team and together. Also, and you think, you think. <laughs> Not, uh, I hate to make excuses, especially after we've actually made a good start to the season. Yeah, but it, it actually puts us at a disadvantage. Mm. You think, you know, all these other teams have got full capacity stadiums again. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll be going. You know, we're recording this on Sunday morning. Mm. Um, it, I, I'm going to the Tottenham Hotspur Man City game today, uh, and and that's going to be at full capacity. Mm. Uh, and you think it's robbing the players, it's robbing the fans of experiencing that full atmosphere at the club that they love. Yeah. Um, and it's it's it's. I feel like a, I feel like, you know, I feel like a, a passive aggressive parent, you know, I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> um, it has got to that stage a bit with some of the things that go on at Blues. It, you know, it, it's, it's, you're absolutely right. Bo, you said after the Sheffield United game, the 2,500 that had travelled, the, the away fans, he, he said, the, for those fans, they're worth extra points on the table. They get us over the line. And yeah, that's actually fundamentally, that is the case. That's the bottom line, isn't it? They they give the players that extra is, five, ten percent and they get them over the line and they get the points on the board. And and to to have that taken away, this is not the, the EFL's fault, although you can talk about indirectly whether it is and they're if they're doing checks on the owners correctly. Um, but this is this is the, the club again shooting itself in the foot and and you hope that this is the last thing. This gets sorted as soon as, I know that they've said it will be done by September. I think that's unlikely, but you hope it gets fixed as soon as possible and then we I'm can hoping finally put all this time, rubbish behind us. I'm hoping it's fixed by the by the 15th of September because that's when, that will be my first game of the season at St Andrews. Yeah. Um, so, because I will be coming up and because the next, the day after that, me and Alex will be interviewing former Blue Striker and... Uh, well, Watford legend mm. Tommy Mooney, who's a uh, who will hopefully be a friend of the show afterwards. And mm. um, so that will be on the show that will come out on either the Sunday or the Monday afterwards. So yeah. I think that will be like the nineteenth of September. Mm. And make sure that you guys are listening to that. Make sure you guys are on our our social media at Royal Blue Pod on Instagram, on Twitter uh, at Royal Blue Podcast at gmail.com if you want to email us any questions yeah. Yeah. Uh, that you want us to put to Tommy Mooney. Uh, or to anyone else that we might talk to in the future. Have you got any requests for people that we could maybe try mm. and get on the show? Let us know and uh, make sure that you uh, stay tuned for that interview. That is coming up very, very rapidly. Uh, yeah. Alex, are you excited about talking to Tommy? Hey, I'm, I'm really excited. I mean, uh, <laughs> as you say, he's certainly prolific at Watford uh, and is, is, as you say, an absolute legend at that football club, Was yeah. scored lots of goals uh, in many different divisions for them. Um, and, and still has close ties to the Hornets, but was great for Blues as well, was part of a side that got promoted to the Premier League, unfortunately wasn't given too much of a chance uh, in a Blues shirt uh, in the Premier League itself. 
but he, he's very fond, has fond memories of the club and, and wants to be involved. And we're very excited to have him on. Um, he certainly are. He was yeah. so happy after uh, after they beat Villa. Oh, well, that's... Uh, we're yeah, so that's and so are we. And uh, he, <laughs> he, he actually did text us and said, you're welcome, mate. So uh, <laughs> uh, thank you, Tommy, for that uh, for that kind message. Uh, <laughs> that's great. So, uh, but, but yeah, so stay tuned for that. And let's swiftly move on to our predictions, shall we? Our predictions that we <laughs> made last week, uh, yes. how happy we are with them. Uh, do we want to change them? We mm. can't change them, but do we uh, regret yeah, them? Yeah, would we if we could? I, I would think it's only just for the last few minutes of the show. I thought it'd be interesting because, as I said at the top of the show, no championship side has, has a 100% record intact in two brilliant. games, which is, which is mad. Um, just a reminder of my top six... Uh, I've got Fulham top, then West Brom in second, uh, and then in third, Bournemouth, fourth, Sheffield United, fifth, Cardiff, and sixth, QPR. What did you have in your top six, Joe? My top six were uh, Fulham, Sheffield uh, to got uh, automatic promotion, yeah. and then uh, my uh, I've, I've still got Birmingham written down, but I replaced them with Luton. Uh, <laughs> Bournemouth, uh, West Brom. Blackburn and then Luton were my uh, were my mm. third to sixth into the uh, promotion playoff places. Would you make any um, changes? <laughs> I <laughs> would. Could. I would move. I would probably swap Sheffield and Bournemouth over. Mm. I think I'd put um, I'd put Bournemouth going up automatically, and I'd put Sheffield going down. Which I think what you have, isn't it? Is that right? Or do you have I, West no, Brom? no. I've I've got Fulham and West Brom in my top two. Fulham and West Brom. Would you change it? Would you change anything? I actually think my top six. I'm mostly again. It's it's those two QPR and Cardiff. It's those those last two slots where there are a few teams like uh, Middlesbrough, uh, Blackburn. You know, there's a few teams I'm I wonder about. Maybe Barnsley again. You you just wonder if 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 they're going to be the ones to take it. But I think I'm mostly happy with mine. I think, as I say, Fulham. I think will walk the league. West Brom. Yes. I think will will get going and and um. They'll be a bit behind Fulham, but I think they'll be comfortable for second place. Bournemouth. They've got a lot of quality. They know the league. I think third place is probably about right. They're, they're, uh, you, you could argue they're a bit below the quality of Fulham and West Brom. Sheffield United will pick up, I think, and get, get themselves going and they'll get into the playoffs. They've got the quality. Cardiff uh, <laughs> and QPR. I think Cardiff, um, I've taken a bit of a punt because of Mick McCarthy and how memeable he is. Uh, I think well, if we're going on memes, then I'm putting Middlesbrough to finish, uh, to finish the top, mate. <laughs> yeah, get Warnock in. Mr Warnock, get him back in the Premier League, mate. Get him in the Premier League. Oh yeah, definitely. And then I, I just think he knows the league very well, um, Mick McCarthy. And I think Cardiff have got some some good players. I think they'll be one of those that are in that pack, that hunting pack, just behind top six. And and I'll, I'll, I think they might sneak in. And then QPR because of the form they've been in at the tail end of last season. I'm happy with mine. Actually, I think I'm the happy. one That's I probably so re- far so good. I think the one I regret the most is probably Blackburn. I look at the squad, losing Adam Armstrong, I think, maybe. Uh, yeah, that's a big maybe one. Drop, maybe, dropping, maybe dropping away. But then again, I made this prediction, and we kind of knew that Adam Armstrong was leaving. He was left out of the squad, so. Yeah, uh, yeah. That was maybe a rush of blood to the head. <laughs> to make that kind of decision. But I've, I've got to stick with it. I'd maybe yep. swap in. The thing is, I don't even know who I'd swap in, though. That's that's the thing, because there are so many of that chasing back where I just there think, are. do I think that... that, that, that this or that are going to finish above them. I don't mm. know. I, mean, I, I I don't think Cardiff has have enough. Yeah. Um. If there was a team that I think might get going and will get going late on, and will make a late push, I think it would be Swansea. Mm-hmm. Um. The way they played against against Sheffield United, they controlled the ball. 
well, they were a bit toothless up top, but I think that's what they'll grow into. Yeah, yeah. So maybe Swansea replacing Blackburn in my predictions, but that's not. A but bad I've shot. got I've got to stick with Blackburn. That's the one I made. Uh, and if I have to go with the ones I've written down, I've got Birmingham in fourth. <laughs> <laughs> I love so, your optimism. I love it. Yeah, and I've also I've also on the side in a little love heart, I've put Birmingham to win the uh, promotion playoffs as well. Wow. Um, which I don't actually want to happen because then we'll be covering the Premier League. Oh, um, and I'd rather we, we cover the championship because only in the championship would you get every single team without a 100% win record after yeah. two games. Yeah, true. So let's, true. let's look at the bottom of the league, shall we? I think the yeah. bottom league, we're not going to change too much though, are we? I don't think. No, no. Who, Derby, who, did you, who, who did you have, sorry? Peterborough bottom, Derby 23rd, them two are interchangeable. Mm. Uh, I think Derby probably are more likely to go 24th, but um, I, would, I would love to see Wayne Rooney keep him up. I would love that to be a story, because um, what a story it would be mm. if he could. Uh, but he probably won't. Mm. I have to say probably, but I want to say definitely. <laughs> um, and I've got Coventry. Uh, I don't like Coventry. I think they're too big for their boots. They're back in the stadium. <laughs> that's certainly... Um, <laughs> they are, I think, and they're, you know, they they're back in their in their stadium. They're finally out of of St Andrews, uh, and um, I think they were carried over the first game by the, having the fans back. That will wear off, mm. and um, we'll, uh, we'll we'll see them drop off, and they'll get relegated. Well, well, I, I had Huddersfield uh, in twenty second, Huddersfield in twenty third. And then Derby Bottom. Huddersfield are a very good chat. I think if, yeah. if I if I had to if I had to take Coventry out, I would probably replace them with Huddersfield. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a difficult one, but it, we just thought it'd be interesting to revisit our predictions after a sec, the second game. We, we probably won't do that every week. We'll, we'll probably revisit them every few weeks or something like that. We'll we'll as we figure out the structure of the show and the format of the show. We, we're always open to experimentation and trying new things. So we we might sometimes do a quiz or some trivia or something at the end of the show just to round things out. But we thought it'd be interesting to revisit. I, I am happy with mine and I, I at this point wouldn't make any changes uh, so I'm very happy I'm a happy bunny uh, <laughs> and uh, I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to add Joe before we wrap up um, just make sure you guys are following us on social media on Instagram at Royal Blue Pod on Twitter at Royal Blue Pod email us with any uh, queries or questions uh, if, if we you know we'll try and respond to everything uh, not that mm. we're expecting too many at first but yeah. certainly you know, anyone, if you if you fancy emailing us, rawbluepodcast at gmail.com uh, and we'll, we'll respond to you as much as we can. Let us know what you want to see on the show as well. We are, yeah. of course, we are a platform for your opinions So make sure that you're DMing us, you're commenting mm. on all of our uh, social media posts. Make sure that you're, you're emailing us, as I said, and uh, look forward to, uh, to next week. And uh, Blue Noses, keep right on. Yeah, keep right on, everyone. We'll be back next week. Thanks very much. 